206. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, uh, forgotten Center. Dave McBurney, Family Master. And we do not have Gaijin this week, as his schedule has gone into flux a little bit. So. Yeah. And as you can imagine, um, scheduling across many different time zones is not easy. So. Get that figured out. Anyway, we have a ton of questions at this point. Yeah, yeah, we actually have a lot. I'm also... Okay, Sleepy Wheel doesn't have any questions yet. Innocent... Okay, we're... Thankfully, they, they went to the Discord, so... We can focus our attentions there. But what have we been playing first? Uh, I have been playing... Hold on. It is live, in case you're wondering. Yeah, no, I assume that, uh, well, I guess I will check whether it's live in my neck of the woods. I'm going to guess no, but yeah. uh, I'd like to be wrong. <laughs> so, not an RPG, but I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. Oh, it is live for me. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that tracks with everything that I've heard from you. Yes. Uh, I it like has character classes. That's like being it an does. RPG. It's like Overwatch, the the battle royale so i guess it's kind of my jam um, <laughs> suddenly trapped in the battle royale sphere but yeah i think i'm just making up for lost time at yelling at this genre for so long and then being like oh okay i just need to find the right game that has been sitting here all this time although we did we did play it a bit back in the day i just don't yeah we had a good time doing yeah, that actually it was kind of fun i just don't think ps4 was the right platform for me to play that on that's fair and i am garbage at most shooters on with that controller <laughs> so yeah once playing on some the switch and not actually sucking and then playing a bit on pc and mostly sucking but doing okay uh yeah i'm really digging it it's it's a lot of fun and uh yes i i get why people like these things there's a certain like thrill to jumping in and being like I'm in danger constantly and trying to survive as long as you can and it's a lot of fun but yeah as far as actual RPGs I've been playing a, a multitude of different things uh, with Saga Frontier on the horizon and Shin Megami Tensei 3 on the horizon as well um mm -hmm. I think I'm going to do another beat this game by the time this comes out. In this case, just finishing up uh, Persona 5 Royal, finishing the the extra dungeon, which I'm... It's big and tough. Yeah, I think I'm like 25% of the way through at this point. I just got the first will seed, so... Nice, nice. Digging into it properly, and that's going well. So, And then I'm going to try and finish up Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse which um, I'm assuming it's similar to 4 proper and not super super long you'd be wrong it's very long oh crap <laughs> alright so maybe I won't finish that by the time 3 comes out but we'll see it's really good though yeah and digging into Persona Q2 some more, which I've complained about, but yes, I really like the game. It's just 
it's got it be better. it's yeah it, it, it's i feel like it's doing a thing that crossover games do a lot that's really annoying where it has to especially crossovers that are like kind of doing the crossover with specific game mechanics I don't know how to explain this. Like this is so it's it's a crossover of obviously three different Persona games pasted onto an Etrian Odyssey game, and just the ex having to explain all the Etrian Odyssey mechanics in like Persona terms, and then introducing all these characters. It's it can slow things down considerably. Um, that said, there are a lot of fun character sequences and it's cool getting to see like some character from like the the female protagonist from Persona 3 Portable it's, it's pretty fun so it's fun to see her there yeah it's a lot of good and just a lot of kind of slowness but I imagine and the further I get into it that will kind of even out a bit this, um, I am liking the dungeons more than I did the original, which just kind of, I want to say it had like a boring theme to it, but it was just not all that interesting. <laughs> Whereas the whole, yeah. the whole movie motif of this one, just, it just kind of works. Like it gives the dungeon something to sort of hang its hat on. Yeah, it doesn't. Like the, everything in the first one kind of, kind of had to exist in like the context of a school, whereas this can be more interesting. Like the first dungeon, you're wandering around a city, and I imagine the other ones, like it doesn't feel like there's any restrictions on what the rest of the dungeons could be. So um, it's good for the most part, <laughs> with some caveats, but. Yes. Uh, but yeah, other than that, obviously I've been playing Monster Hunter on and off, trying not to, trying not to burn through all the content, because there's going to be like a slow trickle of content, because, I mean... The first set of content is supposed to be at like the end of this month? Yeah, and I mean, I was talking with this, to Phil about this a bit, that like, um, I'm sure... COVID pushed some of the content that was supposed to be in this base game out a bit. Yeah. Like, there's no single-player high rank. I'm sure that will exist at some point. Obviously, there's no G rank yet. So, I mean, some people seem to be complaining that's light on content. I don't agree at all. <laughs> I, I think if you compare it to World, which with a considerably lower number of monsters had to reuse things a bunch and also had fewer like hunting grounds as well I'd say it's got a considerable leg up on that so you know I, I we've been a bit spoiled because we for a while there we got just like the G versions of these games which oh yeah that was the thing that like for a long time like I remember when Monster Hunter 4 came out and like we didn't get it and then like we got for ultimate like this version that was like all of the additions that they had made like over the course of a year of extra development yeah and i don't 
Did we get original? Gen well, Generations was already like a best of remix thing anyway. Yeah, we did get the original version of that on 3DS and never got the ultimate version on 3DS, only on Switch. Yeah, we got the Switch version, but it was another case of like, that was a game that essentially would have had no excuse to not have everything in it because it was already a best of compilation game. Right. Yeah, so that one was already packed to the gills before the update where it was just... It's kind of it was absurd. made even bigger. Yeah. But yeah, like it was explicit. And like that, that was also the thing is that they spent so long on like hardware where they could kind of get away with reusing old assets for such a period that they just didn't like that the games could afford to just sort of accumulate and only remove monsters on the basis of that they didn't fit the setting or that they just didn't work that well, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Make sure to set the Yukino and Maya to be using their personas so that those actually rank up. Yeah, I keep forgetting to do that. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, Generations even went so far as to reusing all the villages from the old games. Like, you, you basically chose which village you wanted to hang around in and had to switch between them to, to um, get different quests and stuff. Very much a best of compilation yeah. especially because it had the village from monster hunter portable third which i like to remind people sold about five million copies and only came out in japan yeah like that was a mind-bogglingly successful video game yeah and i really <laughs> i mean obviously i don't have any i haven't asked anyone to say if this is the case but it really feels like this game is trying to heart is Specifically playing on Nostalgia for that game. Which is now about 10 years old. Yeah. Like, it's it's got Xenogre pretty early on, which was the signature monster for that game. It's a Japanese-themed village, just like that game. A uh, number of the monsters in there are from that game. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, and it's a portable game again. So. Yeah. And I think, I think I saw somebody saying, like, one, one of the commercials for the game in Japan was like specifically like showing people playing on PSP back in back in the day and then like aging them up and showing them playing this on Switch so yeah really hearkening to like remember when you played like Monster Hunter 2nd G uh, Portable 2nd G and Portable 3rd they're back baby yeah and uh, yeah like I said before the game rules the mechanics rule um, it's way snappier to get into everything, and yeah, it's it's pretty damn good. Um, I, I can't put it ahead of four just yet, but we'll we'll have to see once it gets all its content. Content once it's matching up to the amount of polish that they put into like four ultimate that we got first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Budai in the chat says, the sort of Nepal-looking camp in Generations was so nice, but I do like Rise's hub more than Worlds. Yeah, Worlds was uh, it was pretty, it was just way too big. It just took too long to go and do stuff. Uh, they did kind of fix that in uh, Iceborne, because the, the hub there is a lot, uh, a lot more compact. Uh, but yeah, I think the, <coughs> the Nepal-looking camp is from... Uh, Freedom 2, I hmm. believe. I don't know if it was also in 2 proper, 
but that was that one is from two and not freedom unite which is like the gu version of two but it has a different village i think it's been a while there, there was a period where it was actually very hard to tell what order these went in and how they were yeah. <laughs> related in english I mean, like, Freedom freedom 2, Freedom Unite are all very similar mechanically. It's more like... I forgot that there was a Monster Hunter Freedom 2. I thought there was just Freedom Unite. No, it's Freedom Freedom 2, Freedom Unite. That was... Uh, like I said, that's that's the G version of 2. Like, you could even import your save from 2. Yeah. Although, strangely... <laughs> So strangely, um, they sold a double pack of two in Freedom Unite, which just seems redundant. Yeah, that's a very silly choice. <laughs> uh, and that's that's the copy of those I have, just because it's such a strange object. Like, like to exist, it immediately raises questions that it's not prepared to answer. Yeah. Uh, did the Vita ever get a Monster Hunter? No, Budai, it did not. Which there was an entire cottage industry of making Monster Hunter knockoffs yeah. for the Vita. Actually, I take it back. It, you, the uh, what was it called? The online, the online only Monster Hunter you could get on the Vita, but I don't think that's as popular. I forget the name of Is it. Is that Frontier? Frontier, yeah. I think there's a reason that no one, the hardcore Monster Hunter fans, don't seem to care about Monster Hunter Frontier. It keeps going, like, every so often, every few years, for at least for a very long time, they kept, uh, adding, uh, and then there's, there's also a Monster Hunter Frontier Z, which doesn't exist anymore. Let me see if I can figure this out. Yeah. There's so many Monster Hunter, like, okay, Monster, and then there's Monster Hunter Frontier Gee. Uh, okay, yeah. Like, Monster Hunter Frontier finally died in 2019. Okay. And it was kind of like the thing that they put on things that they didn't want to make a real Monster Hunter for for a very long time. Because <laughs> it was on Windows 360, Vita, PS3, and Wii U when it died. Wow. Just like all the things that they were like, well, there's a monster hunter here, if you really need one. <laughs> but it was it was where they put one to, as like, uh, well, we 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 gave you a monster hunter like we promised. Now we're done. <laughs> but yeah, like there there was an entire cottage industry of making monster hunter style games on Vita, and you could tell that there was definitely an audience there for them, but it was. The, the overall install base was so limited that they weren't going to make an actual Monster Hunter for it. Yeah. So. Switch over to Portable Third for a little bit while we're talking about Monster Hunter. That makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, so they, like... Was Toki done in that milieu? Yes, that was... That's... Um, yes. So yeah, Toki Den. It's PSP and PS Vita. And I think there was like Toki Den Kiwami or two. Yeah, Token and two, which is one I tried to review and just got bored. Rip. Uh, but there was also uh, Freedom Wars. Yeah, I can never get into that 
one either. That was a weird one. Yeah, but and then there was Soul Sacrifice, which was, uh, which people seemed to like. That seemed like one of the ones people actually liked. But you know, there there were just tons of these that were just like trying to fill the Monster Hunter shaped hole in the Vita's library. Yeah, and none of them had like the level of polish or brand recognition. So yeah, it just didn't really go. It's funny how Souls and Monster Hunter knocks off. No matter how good or bad they are, fail to get the weight of the weapon attacks as well as the real thing. Yeah, it's even more than that, Budai. Like, uh, like one of the ones I actually do like, like um, what should we call it, God Eater. Oh yeah. Um, that one's fun, but like that and all of them fail to get the idea that like every weapon is distinct. And should play distinctly. So you should get a different play style, like it's because it, it's always a huge deal when Monster Hunter introduces a new weapon. Yeah, because like that means it's, you're going to have an entirely different feel of how you play. Like even as a casual observer, it's like, oh, you don't play these the same way. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, it end up ends up just being like, okay, these are slightly different, but it's not. You're kind of they don't change doing, how you approach the hunt. Yeah, so you're doing the same thing over and over again, and especially with um, uh, God Eater because you've got that giant gun as well, and that's really not all that different, no matter what. So. Is God Eater on Vita as well? Um, yes, two and. I, I two assume that at least yeah, God Eater one, Resurrection one, and God Eater Rage yeah. Burst seem to have been on there. Uh, what does this say? Okay. Apparently I have not beaten Zenogre in this. That's bodes ill. <laughs> but yeah, like just just in general, uh, there's a certain like uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very hard to get down like that level of polish because like they've also you know part of how souls and uh monster hunter have both functioned is that they have set the standard for how these work and uh that means that they naturally have a better grasp of how people want these to function because they're the ones that set the expectations for how they should function yeah, yeah. The one that did a decent job would be uh, Soul Sacrifice. Because yeah, people it, seem to really like that one. It's so wildly different from just playing Monster Hunter, because you don't have a weapon. It's all spells, and you have a limited number of spells, and Freaking only a limited number Hunter. of ways to refresh the uses of those spells. So... Uh, if you recall, you could basically eat your uh, compatriots to refresh your spells. Yes, yes, you could. Which was an interesting mechanic. Uh, but no, that game is really, really interesting. Um, I, I don't think they quite. I really wish it had gotten sequels because I feel like they really... got like the one expansion. But... Yeah, the one the one expansion was nice because. Uh, before, like you were saying, you could eat your compatriots or save your compatriots. Um, and you can do like something similar when you killed monsters. And the expansion added a 
section second option I forget exactly how it, or a third option I forget exactly how it worked but it kind of, it improved those mechanics a lot but they never quite <sighs> they didn't quite get like the whole package quite right it needed another iteration or two yeah yeah that was made by uh, Marvelous AQL and Sony's Japan Studio so that's just never coming back yeah remember Japan Studio I missed them yeah. uh Uh, Jim Ryan, go home. Um, uh, yeah. Um, as for me, I've been playing more Persona 2. Oh. oh, hey, Tam. Oh, there's a Tam. Uh, yeah, I, was, I forgot what I was going to say. Monster Hunter! <laughs> Yeah, it's always the cosmic background radiation that wields his mind. Yes, and it's spin-offs. Um, what other spin-offs were there? Um, We're real pumped for stories, too, I know that. Yes. Ragnarok Odyssey? Oh, yeah, wasn't that technically a spin-off of Ragnarok Online? <laughs> yes, and it was also not good. Yeah. Not good at all. So yeah, the people just can't get it right. I mean, d even more than Dark Souls, like I've played some Dark Souls spin-offs that kind of nail things pretty well. I think well. you're thinking of like knockoffs or yeah, spin-offs with implies. No, sorry, that not spin-offs, knockoffs. Uh, but yeah, nobody has quite hit a clone of Monster Hunter very well, and they seem to have stopped trying too. I think the most yeah, I think there's there's an assumption that like this is so difficult and you just it 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 will scarcely even matter how yeah. well you do it because Monster Hunter will always be there in preference. Yeah, and I think the most recent was God Eater Three, which was a three. Yes, which didn't do anything new. It kind of just iterated on it, and that was after World came out, so it kind of looked bad. Yeah, it tank. It sounds like a tank because I. Didn't even remember there was a God Eater 3. It even came out on Switch. Yeah, right uh, right around the time I think Generations Ultimate would have been coming out based on what I'm looking at. Sorry, he's got really good theme music. That's fair. And he is absolutely destroying me. <laughs> Not that. I should not that have really this game on. <laughs> I'm so dead. That ended really poorly. Uh, Where are my damage numbers? Budai? This, uh, <laughs> there ain't no damage numbers in this game. You just gotta, you just gotta eyeball it. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been playing? Uh, mostly Persona 2. Sweet. It's, you know, a real good game. Yeah, Big fan. I'm on that train now. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. Um, I am in the tail stretch of the game. Uh, like, I've gotten everyone's quote-unquote ultimate persona. Uh, I. It's just that, the like, once you get to that point, you're staring down the barrel of, like, 
three or four of the hardest dungeons in the game, so it it slows down the pace a bit. Uh, but I was also reminded of just like how abundant the healing items are in this game. Uh, just in terms of like they're really cheap, like really nice. way cheaper than just about any other game I've ever seen. Uh, so like if I spend like you know. 30 minutes in a dungeon, I'll probably get like 500,000 yen. I'm adding Tam, by the way. Oh, good idea. Just so you aren't surprised by a sudden third person. But, uh, like, if, if I spend like an hour in a dungeon, I'll probably get like more than 500,000 yen. That's enough to max out on chewing souls, which restore 100 SP per use, and have like plenty of money left. Nice. Uh, it's it's one of those things. The game really wants you to just feel complete impunity to use uh, SP items. It sounds like you're not feeling for all. Oh. oh! I think I think you might be. Yeah, he's getting uh, steamrolled by this thing. Oh yeah, this is not working out great for a good uh, for a wee old friend. Yeah, no, I'm surprised home tonight because I was supposed to go to work and I don't know where my keys are. Well, that's well that'll do it. <laughs> I assume work does work knows that you don't know where your keys are. Yeah, no, I've called work. I like I remember all the events last night except for where I put my keys down. Well, I hope you can find them. That seems like a bit of a pickle. But glad to have you. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate you guys uh, adding me. So I, I, I kind of was laying down, and then my wife came in saying, oh, there's a fate that's going to pop in the firmament, an FF14 here in, like, half an hour. I'm like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, real MMO hours. Oh, that reminds us. Budai just asked us an MMO. What's, what is the worst MMO experience you've had? Um, uh, I've never had fun playing an MMO for any length of time, so all of them. I'm just not an MMO yeah. person. Uh, mine w would be a little game called Final Fantasy XI. Uh, Which is still going! I, I know. So somehow has not has avoided the touch of the Reaper thus far. been end of life for years at this point like they stopped making content for no, it eight ago no uh, they're still making content for it oh i thought they were done i guess they stopped making expansions yeah they stopped making expansions but uh recently they added siren as a summon uh, i want to say it was like february of last year and huh. then like in october they announced that they were going to add new story content that's interesting huh. Well, the team that's behind 11 is 14. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I wonder if there's just people at the company that are just like, yeah, we'll keep adding. We like this game. We'll keep adding stuff. And there's, well, there's probably a degree of, like, it's it's a relatively cheap game to add to at this stage compared to anything else they could be doing. Yeah. So. Well, as I said, it's, it's the same... Maintenance, the team that's do doing all the stuff for FF11 is the same team that's behind everything for 14, so... Yeah, well, I mean, they seem to be good at managing, so can't can't say that's a problem. Uh... Oh god, why am I wearing this equipment? Why are Holy you? Holy god, what the... 
were, were you wearing some really bad stuff? Yes. Maybe Defense you just did it because one. you thought it looked funny? I don't know. I haven't played this game in a few years. Uh, yeah, uh yeah, I've been finishing out uh Innocent Sin and having having a good time. Uh I'm trying to think of what, I mean, I've had, a, it depends on what Budai means by worst experience, or are we talking like the worst experience as in The worst, MLB like, game, or just the worst people you've had to play with? Yeah, like, I've I've had some really bad instances of playing with people in MMOs, and then I've played some really bad MMOs. I would say, pick your poison of both at this point, if, you're, if you've got, uh... Um, so, honestly, the the worst experience I had with an MMO would have to have been um, Flyth. Um, I, I downloaded that one, you know, cause th and this was early days of MMOs, and I downloaded it, and, and it's supposed to be, like, super popular and whatnot, and I'm just like, nope. I, I didn't enjoy it, it's just not fun. Um... I also have the worst experience as Ion, you know, where I paid for it, was paying subscription, and then, you know, it, w it was a pretty good one, but then it goes free to play. Um, oh. So I've had that type of experience. And then I remember this one guy uh, in WoW, back during um, Burning Crusade I was raiding with, who... ended up becoming like really petty and trying to manipulate all the gear for like his personal friends oh boy and he was like a real life friend of the guild master <laughs> that sounds like a lot of drama is about to happen a very high school drama <laughs> oh by the way Budai asks if I ever had the PS2 internet connect connector which the answer is it's sitting right in front of me would i i'm literally on my old network adapter connected to my ps2 i did not i didn't yeah. really have the bandwidth for it and also i didn't want to play games with people yes, yes <laughs> um, I, I tried my best to to like final fantasy 11 and it did not take at the um playstation 2 with the ethernet adapter and the hard drive i gave to my mom when I bought my backwards compatible PS3. Oh, hmm. you lucky dog. I, was I don't think Navy, that PS3 survived, just based income. on how those tend to work out. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to clarify, I was single, I was in the military, and I was living in the barracks. I, yeah. was, I was making a lot of money, and I didn't have a lot of bills. <laughs> so... Like, my only bill at that time was my cell phone bill. Because I didn't have to pay water, I didn't have to pay gas, I didn't have to pay rent or mortgage. No rent, I no utilities. Just... Yeah, I mean, I lived right above the boiler room, so it was constantly warmer as no get out. <sighs> so yeah, I bought a, I bought the backwards compatible PS3, and I gave the PS2 with the hard drive and the ethernet connector to my uh to my mom and she still has it nice 
I don't think she uses it, but she... It, it's we, still it, there. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Uh, we had gotten her um, puzzle quest, I believe it was. Sort of that RPG match three game. Yeah, I forgot there was a PSP version of that, but it would have been around about the time. Yeah, it was, it was I think, the very first one that we got her. She, uh, my mom likes those kind of games and the hidden object. That makes sense. Something to relax with, get the brain going. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just <laughs> that that was a one of those reminders of like, oh, if you try to sell like no matter what you do, like just selling add-ons is always kind of a doomed venture because it's always easier to target people who don't have the add-on. Uh, hey, they sure pushed that network adapter for about a year and a half and then Companies sort of started cutting online features from PS2 games because they had they were kind of left to the wilderness to do it themselves. Yeah. There was no real middleware for doing it. There was no centralized service. It's a brief period during the early PS3 era where Sony was intending to continue that philosophy. And so you would have, like, every game had its own individual friends list. The PS3 did not launch with unified friends list, which feels crazy to think about now. There were some early games like Unreal Tournament 3 and. Uh, uh, I think that one was all the way in 08, though. Was it? Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't the multiplayer didn't work on PSN regardless. Uh. There was. Uh, I remember Resistance. Uh, was kind of the big marquee launch online title for the PS3, and that one just didn't. Remember Resistance? Uh, I own it. Well, too bad. You can't play it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually own Resistance. It was nice. reasonably popular at the time. I never played it. But... If, you, if you really want to dig into the Remember blank that doesn't exist anymore, remember Massive Action Game? No. No. That was the last thing that the... SOCOM US Navy SEALs team Zipper Interactive was allowed to make before being sacrificed upon the altar of, oh no, this you had a big high-profile failure and now you're dead. Um, officially, the game was called MAG, and officially they said it didn't stand for anything when it came oh, out. Oh, I do remember MAG. I do remember MAG. Yeah. And then, like, when it came out, it was MAG, but I believe, like, they acknowledged that at least during development, they were just calling it Massive Action Game, and the, that eventually shortened to MAG, and that was the title they chose to launch with. <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking into that the other day to see sort of what happened, and yeah, it just, uh, it never lived up to the hype. They, it, it was kind of like, um, No Man's Sky, where they prompt made all these promises for what the game was going to be, and didn't deliver. Yeah, and it kind of also has the same other problem of No Man's Sky, where it's like it's got this big marquee feature. Like the entire like marketing campaign was built around the idea of you can play a big shooter game with 256 players, and that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like that, like technologically very impressive, and uh, just generally like. 
very in exciting to hear about but like this was like this was not a battle royale either uh, to my knowledge it was no it was like this huge team base yeah like it was a big team deathmatch and like that's just that's too much that, that is too much to keep track of like that idea didn't make any sense and like it, it kind of makes sense that people played it and was like this is really impressive also it doesn't it's too complicated and I don't understand it and it just sort of got abandoned it, like I, I think No Man's Sky has the same problem where it's like they sold it on this big marquee feature of like there's this gigantic scale like everything is happening in this game and it's like okay what what is supposed to make it fun everything is happening in this game <laughs> It's just like, even if you successfully implemented that, there wasn't like a A to B connection of player does this to have fun. <laughs> yeah. I I do think it's it's probably fair to say that there's a decent reason that even even the largest of the popular battle royales doesn't even approach two hundred and fifty six players. It's like that's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> Silly. Of course, like fitting a map the size of a uh, a battle royale into the PS3's RAM would also have proven it taxing. So <laughs> you couldn't even play a game in party chat at the same time on the PS3. Oh yeah, you weren't allowed to do that. No, nope. I guess because the OS just didn't have enough memory reserved for it. it. Did not. <laughs> they like that. They specifically okay. said that was the reason they could not. Yeah, no, because it's like, because they didn't build the PS3 with the idea of, like, these unified things happening, like, the, this, all this stuff that was supposed to be built into the OS, it was always supposed to be done by the game, so the game would decide how much RAM to devote to that, but then, like, it became clear that the consumer expectation was, you have to unify this, because I want to talk to the same people consistently, and that became an issue of, we did not budget hardware-wise to do this, so we can't. <laughs> Which is kind of fascinating. Uh, it reminds, I think, my favorite example of trying to overcome that is just, like, the original 3DS Smash Brothers, where, like, that game was given the special privilege of entirely unloading the OS just to get more RAM. Incredible. Nothing like that. I, I don't think I've ever seen a game that was allowed to do something that wild to the hardware. Uh, man, now I'm just remembering the the Morrowind Xbox story just showed up on my timeline again not that <laughs> long ago. For people who missed this when it first came up, like uh, right when the Bethesda Microsoft buyout was announced i forget who actually uh, when that actually was a few months ago but right when that was announced i remember this the story of the them needing desperately needing a way to flush the memory uh to fix a like to deal with memory leaks and like begging microsoft for something to do and microsoft eventually coming back to them with like well, you can reboot the system and leave an image on the screen. <laughs> that is a uh, thing you are capable of doing. Oh, God. 
Just a wild solution to a very strange technical challenge. Uh, somehow I had less bugs with that than uh, Skyrim on my PS3. Yeah. The, those PS3 versions of those games were all yeah. terrible. Just absolutely dreadful. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Um... Uh, we should probably hit an actual question, then. Sure. Unless Tam wants to go into what he's been playing. But he seems to be muted at the moment, so... Well, that's... Oh, he is muted. Okay. Yeah. We'll I'll assume he'll be back when it's ready. Yeah. Alright, let's grab a question. Let's see. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot I went to the bathroom and muted myself. No, no oh, no Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. um, real quick, um, Final Fantasy XIV new patch, you guys can catch the VOD of me last night with my face first in the floor of the new raid, like most of the dungeon. <laughs> that <laughs> I, raid didn't, is... uh, I didn't catch that, but I'll have to go look for that now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 it, oh, oh my god, that new raid is so, like, it's basically the first hour of the video, because it, 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 it took so long because we, no one was staying alive. Oh god. <laughs> if, I think we wiped once, like white to white, but it was yeah, like it's... actually everyone's dead. Yeah, it was a very rough run. And uh, first of all, I mean it's new, you know, so no one knows the mechanics. And let's also, um, you know, give it up that it was written by Yoko Taro. Ooh, because it's near Automata. Oh, and so those battles are nuts. Of course they are. Um. Uh, I've sort of given up with BD2, not really. Um, I'm just very disheartened that the digital version locks up every, t um, every time you get a new job and you go into the job screen right after, it locks the, the game up completely. That's weird. It's only the digital version? Yeah, because Pause had no issue. You know, she'd get a new job, go into the job screen, look at the job. But in the digital version, oh. if you get a job, you go into the job screen, it locks the entire game up. The music will sound fine. The music will play as normal. And, um, yeah, no. So you <laughs> will like, not be able to interact with the menu anymore. Yeah. So um, I've had to completely restart the system to or shut down the game. Because you can exit to the menu. So the Yeah, the OS isn't locked. It's the game. It's the game, yeah. Um... So I've returned to Super Robot Wars T. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Um, well, I've got X and V now, too. So. Nice. But T's really fun. That's the one that has the Magic Knight yeah, I'm Earth characters in it, right? Yeah, T has Ray Earth. Yeah, that's, that's the one I have. I need to play that some more at some point. And then, um, other than that, it's just been, like, mobiles and gotcha games because, you know, unfortunately, it's hard to... With my particular job... Fine. Sometimes it's hard to play longer games at work because of the nature of my work. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I can't, uh, it's not my taste, but I can't blame you for just, like, what game do you want to play? Well, what can fit in your time? Yes. Yeah. I would mock you, but I just do the same thing with Hearthstone, essentially. 
I routinely look at Discord and see that Wheels has a game of Hearthstone just going on in the background. And you guys usually see the stuff that's linked to my computer going in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's like, oh, OBS is going. Oh, this is going. It's like, yes, yeah, because my computer has not been shut off in a few days. <laughs> I think my favorite example of that uh, kind of someone left something running is I have a friend who once like left a game running while they went out of state. Oh, <laughs> nice. Just running for like a week. Oh, apparently the fate started. Oh wow, even Hoonie's here. She is the blade. Going to Final Fantasy XIV, there it's a special fate going on, and like a whole bunch of people are here. New patch will get people on. Sounds like this is your fate. I see what you did there. That's the worst uh, joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was absolutely dreadful. Um, oh, but other than that, I've really not been playing much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wanted to give you the chance to sound off a bit. You should be playing as the Monster Hunter. I do own it. Well, that's a start. That's a start. Uh, Fire Miner had a list of Monster Hunter questions just for Excellent. wheels. So. Let's dig in. Uh, which Pokemon or Monster Hunter creature would generate the most negative fan response if it was removed? I feel like Monster Hunter cycles monsters out more, so I'm not sure if that would have the same effect as, like, Pokemon does. Uh, I mean, there's, like, the Rath Rathian and Rathalos. I think if you took those out, people would be raging. Okay, fair it's... enough. I feel like those are the ones I've heard the names of the most, so yeah. it doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure they're in every game, so... Yeah. They're like the mascot monster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's probably some o some others. Like, I'm sure, at least in the Japanese audience, for the Japanese audience, they were probably not happy to not see Zenogre in Monster Hunter World initially. But then again, <laughs> that had a pretty bare roster to begin with, so I'm sure there were lots of complaints. Yeah, like they were they were going to generate complaints on the sheer amount of them that weren't there, right. as opposed to like any individual one sparking a huge amount of complaints. Sure, like beyond that, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's a few that I think are pretty cool, but I don't think I've really complained. You're not the not type there. to rage at the lack of a specific monster, because right. the new ones are usually pretty cool. Like, uh, there's uh, one in the new game that I, that I fought this past week that was pretty cool. Like, you go into the battle and it looks like okay, this is like a weird kind of tubby little um, like yeti looking thing and then, and then he gets angry and he turns red and then he turns his arms into icicle blades and looks like a giant version of Baraka sure <laughs> it was pretty awesome and also we wiped but <laughs> but it was cool when it happened it was pretty cool yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have uh, anything to say on the Monster Hunter issue of this. Uh, as, for, as for Pokemon, 
think we just I found mean, out with Pokemon, and the answer is any single Pokemon being removed is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's also I think there are ones that there would be greater or lesser uproar about, uh, like if when if they individually snubbed like say the Kanto starters, people would probably get uh, furious about it to some extent. Yeah, I mean for me, I I mean I understand why they kind of went with that in the beginning of Sh Sword and Shield was because I mean. A thousand plus Pokemon is a lot of freaking Pokemon. So many models. I mean, speaking from as a former QA person, at some point, that's just not doable anymore. Especially because they keep making like variants of them as well. Yeah. Yeah, I will say some of the variants from uh, uh, Sun and Moon were very cute, though. Oh yeah, the Alolan and Galarian variants are all generally really cool. Uh, big fan. I like, of... I like the Hawaiian monk. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love all the Alolan uh, variants, especially. I was a big fan of the like really depressing like Galarian Cor Corsola. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty cool. It was just like, well, pollution has destroyed this object, <laughs> and now it's a ghost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like just just in general, like I, I think that uh, they they did a lot by just like showing that oh the expansion adds in a ton of the a ton of missing Pokemon as well. Like not all of them by any means, but you you certainly had access to plenty of Pokemon, and it's also it, it makes it clear that like just because something didn't show up immediately doesn't mean that it won't come back. Yeah. I mean, so. that also added the ones I really wanted to see, which was like a bunch of legendary, really, a bunch of legendaries <laughs> missing from Sun and Moon. Because I feel like, yeah, okay, you, uh, I completely agree with the idea that we should not try and fit all the Pokemon in every single game. That said, legendaries are all iconic. Well, <laughs> not just that. I feel like for the previous game, the previous game's legendaries should be there. Oh yeah, just just to kind of to feel like you're carrying something from the last game forward. Hmm. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's just my thought. I'm confident that like most Pokemon that ha miss a generation will probably end up showing up in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Like you know, you don't always need to have every thing that is essentially Pidgey, but it's not called Pidgey. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do think that, again, my assumption would be the ones that they would be most reticent about cutting are, uh, like, starters, and especially, like, Kanto Pokemon, because those have, like, the longest legacy. Yeah. That would be my uh, base assumption of what I think people would react most poorly to. Uh, and craziest proposal for a new type of weapon in Monster Hunter. Um, uh, that's tough. I mean, some of them are pretty wild already. Uh, well, that just means that you can you got to think big. They can get a sword and shield where the shield is a piece of cheese. That feels more like a specific... That doesn't feel like a weapon type, it's just a weapon. It's true. Uh, I mean... I... 
I was going to say like a giant sword, but they already have that. Um... This isn't really a... I don't know if this is in there because I'm not super Monster Hunter literate, but this isn't even that crazy, but like a three-segment staff might be kind of fun. That'd be cool. Uh, maybe like some but that in Devil May Cry, it was pretty rare. Or, um, maybe just like some kind of fist weapon where you just have to like run up there and do all kinds of Like a big Zestus. Although that would probably just be feel like a variant of like, the dual blades, but maybe a little different. Maybe they could make it, give it its own style. Hmm. Uh, well, you could make it a little more like a speedy sort of weapon. Uh, maybe like a machine gun, because you've already got like two different bow guns, but maybe hmm. something where it's a high rate of fire and you need to like maintain try and like Keep your aim as a monster's jumping around. And, uh, get a bunch of hits in. Something, something different like that. Uh, Budice as a whip would be cool. That would be cool. Yes. Be yeah, whips, whips are very hard to program. I think is the issue. That's how come we don't see many games with them, especially. Yeah. It, it's hard to visually communicate like what the like hurt zone of the whip is, and it's like. You know, like how they should move, and just there's just a lot of like additional questions that are brought up by the whip. But it'd be neat. But I mean, there's also a reason that, like, say, the whip in Dark Souls 2 is just complete garbage. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they just raise a lot of issues that they that don't have immediately obvious answers. But yeah, I don't know. I. I if I were to propose one that I would like to play, it would probably be the three-segment staff. Yeah. So it gives you, like, kind of a... I like form switch mechanics for weapons. Like, that sort of thing is always interesting. And you've got, like, options for how it might uh, have different strengths in different forms. And also you can use it a bit for movement, like pole vaulting and shit. I don't know. I like the idea. I'd like, uh, so there's a few weapons that have include a shield. I would like just the shield as a weapon. Just some big, like, shield you can brain things with? <laughs> Something like that. I just think, I think they could do some cool things with that and did especially make some cool looking shields based on some of the different monsters. That could be cool. Hmm. Maybe even have like a whole throwing, you can throw the shield as one of your attack types, something like that. Could be neat. Yeah, I think I, I think we're due for some new weapons in the game, so maybe one of the games coming up, we'll see something new. Hmm. I mean, they added two and four, but I mean, it's really. They really have not expanded the selection in a long time, which is fine because maintaining the balance of all these weapons is pretty tough. But yeah, they don't want to add something superfluous. Like, yeah. To add a weapon for the sake of adding it would also dilute the expectations of what happens when they actually do add a proper new weapon. Or hey, they can steal an idea from uh, God Eater and make 
some kind of weapon that turns into a gun. That could be me. <laughs> like a gun blade. Oh no. Do a crossover with uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Memory, memory loss not included. Um, then there's there's a volley of Dragon Quest questions that are addressed to Tam, although you seemed a little confused as to why you were asked. So. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a Dragon... I mean, I've played a lot of Dragon Quest, yes, but I'm, I'm confused why they were addressed to me. Yeah, I can't help but wonder if they were meant to be addressed to Platy. But... Maybe they were addressed to me because I don't have quite the same experience as Platy. Yeah, that's like if you want to take a crack at answering these, certainly go ahead. I, mean, I have no problem trying. Just, yeah, let's, um, let's start pulling them up. We can all at least discuss them, and if we want to throw them at Platy later, we can do that as well. Yeah, Platy's uh, definitely more of a DQ expert than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a DQ expert than all of us, really. That's uh, true. Uh, how high is the chance that level 5 gets another shot at a Dragon Quest game now that they seem to be in deep trouble with their own properties? Inazuma 11 got delayed again. There's now a single uh, bit of news on Megaton Musashi. I don't even know what that is. I, like, okay. I, I trust that it exists because I can't imagine Fireminer making it up to troll us. They also but I've never heard of Megaton Musashi. A mobile port of the first Yakuza... Not Yakuza, sorry. Yokai Watch years ago that has never come out and is still on their website. Wait, they they like announced that and just yeah. never spoke it never updated it and never spoke of it again. Uh, they I might they may have changed the release date to like a TBA on the website and I haven't looked in a while, but yeah. That, yeah, there are bad straights at this point. Yeah, I I don't I, I honestly don't think level five like ever since uh the group that's sort of been doing them for years kind of picked up their pace because that was what the big thing of why level five was given the shot was i i believe it was because they approached square enix and said hey you know we'd like a shot uh, you know it's yeah. like hey we like your stuff from rogue galaxy and whatnot and our piazza was still stuck in sprite land and the world had moved on yeah and they like as a further bit of context, like the previous team that they had contracted these out to, Heartbeat had just decided to go defunct. So, oh, but now that that you know, other teams, you know, there's other teams that have sort of stepped up their game. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a little. It's a different ball game now than it was when the last time it was. Uh, no an issue. So, yeah. level five. I don't think. I don't think level five is going to get another shot. I don't think they're necessarily in trouble with their own IPs. It's more. I mean, I don't think they saw a lot of release in the West. So we in the West definitely think, oh, they're in trouble. It's more like, oh, people were just not interested in what level five was selling out of their own stuff. Yeah, I think that they're. It, it looks worse in the U.S. because they like made a U.S. branch and then immediately shut it down. Yeah. And Steel Kai Watch 4 for over here, and that's. That seems to have been killed with that Western branch. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things where I think, like, in Japan, they're definitely not at a high point like they were when they were riding high on, like, the really, like, monstrous success of Yokai Watch 1 and 2. But, you know, certainly I don't think that they're currently in danger of running out of money. It's yeah. just a case of 
they're in more of a like kind of searching for their next big hit. And and again, I think it goes back to like Nino Kuni was touted as this huge thing, and yeah, it did okay, but I don't think it was enough for them to really. I think they will do better if they try and license their stuff through other companies, Square or Sony or whoever, than try and do it themselves. I don't think they're big enough for that. Well, I think they know how to manage like development costs pretty well. I mean, you look at like Yokai Watch and probably the. Inazuma they were like a machine games. of just throwing yeah. out like 3DS games. It was they, terrifying. And you play those games, and there's a lot of reused content, but like smartly reused content. So I, I feel like they they're not burning through money to make these games, even when they don't ultimately aren't necessarily doing well. They 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 know how to be yeah. cautious. I do think it's fair to say that, like, say, uh, Nino Kuni did not probably do the numbers that they wanted it to but it's it's one of those like it's very hard to judge what their actual situation is at this yeah. point I, uh, mean, I mean the first Nino Kuni did well enough internationally that they ended up doing the sequel yeah but then I don't I feel like I heard less about the sequel which was kind of the yeah issue but it's yeah it's it's, it's just weird it's it's a weird uh, situation I, I don't think it was a failure yeah. It just, yeah, it just didn't set the world on fire. Right. Which, you know, as long as they weren't betting on it setting the world on fire, then they're fine. But, you know, it's always about, like, well, how well did... It, it, it can sometimes less be, how well could this reasonably have done, and how well did you need it to do? Yeah. But, I mean, and, uh, and that's... Nino Kuni is published by Namco anyway, right? Yeah, I, I would so, imagine that Namco probably underwrote a lot of the Nino Kuni development costs. Yeah, probably most of them, really. But um, what was the other thing I was gonna say about? Oh yeah, and and on the other like uh, trail of tragic death of old franchises for them, the Layton franchise also dying around the same time, probably. Uh, again, gives the perception that they're in worse straits than they probably are, because, like, Layton was popular, but I don't think it was ever, like, their cash cow. It's just something that they did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah uh, it definitely gives a bad impression because of the, uh, you know, them shutting down the U.S. offices, but I, th I think, again, they they never flat out said none of them would come west. They just said they wouldn't be bringing them to the west. Yeah, like, because that kind of, like, expansion into an entirely different country and continent is incredibly expensive and had so much logistical work involved. And, like, the actual theoretical returns on it would have likely been so low. <laughs> Because, like, what, what would they have to localize themselves? It would be Inazuma 11 and... Yokai Watch. Uh, and Yokai Watch. And all of those are dedicated niche fandoms in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I, I will think... admit, I have all of the Yokai Watch weapons, minions, and the mounts from Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> I think, uh, actually, Layton Mystery Journey might have actually been one of the only things that actually managed to come out from Level 5's U.S. branch. Uh, and I would imagine that that 
probably like when they saw what kind of returns that branch was going to be getting, it was like maybe this doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I mean, I don't really, I and I don't blame them. I mean, as you said, expanding into new market because, you know, there's big differences between the Japanese art market and the Western audience. Um, yeah. So, uh, my wife has commented that she's heard stories of some companies purposely hiring Americans to tell off like higher ups, being like, "No, that's a stupid idea. Don't do it." <laughs> Hi hire someone who will be willing to yell at their theoretical boss. Would <laughs> uh, I redeem to highlight my message thingy? Ooh. What are your feelings on pre-rendered backgrounds? I think they're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on game. Some, they some games they work very well, some games they do not work. They work well yeah. in the older Monster Hunter games, for sure. I feel like uh, there's also, at the time, people, uh, at the time that they were most in vogue on the PS1, people often didn't fully appreciate the kind of work that went into making readable pre-rendered backgrounds. Like... You'd get, because, uh, like, you'd get a good game, like, you know, the Final Fantasy games, where, like, oh, these backgrounds are pre-rendered, but it's usually fairly clear to tell where the entrances and exits are and where the points of interest are. Yeah. But you'd get, like, a B or C tier RPG, and you'd play it, and I, I can't tell where anything is. <laughs> well, honestly, that was part of my issue. I think part of the issue with Saga Frontier originally is some of those maps are very hard to tell where the entrances and exits are. Not all of them. Not all, but some of them were definitely harder to tell than others. Saga is nothing if not uneven at all times. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you know, you the 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 best of the games would be these games where like you would have this beautiful piece of art in the background that would communicate a much better sense of place than anything you could do with 3D on like the PS1 where this was most in vogue. Uh, but then you would never, but and you would be able to like read very quickly, like, well, this is like these are the things I need to care about in this image, uh, in terms of mechanics. And then you would get these, you would get games that just like I can't tell what's happening. I remember, I don't hate this game, although I do think that it's not great. But one of the one of the things that always sticks out to me is that the. A lot of these games would eventually have uh, additions where, like, you would press a button and it would highlight every, like, entrance or exit on the screen. Mm -hmm. And it always stuck out to me that Legend of Dragoon always had those on by <laughs> default. You had, to, you had to press a button to turn them off. And, like, that tells me that during testing, it became very clear that people were missing important pieces of screen information about where exits were. Whoops. And so I, I would say that, uh, like, that, that is one of those situations where it's like, you, you start to see, like, that's the real hindrance of uh, pre-rendered backgrounds. Like, the thing that can really go wrong with them is just that they're just hard to parse if you get too detailed in the art without, like, careful consideration of what needs to stick out. But, I mean, I do love them, because, like, I, I played a lot of games that had those in the when I was growing up and I think that they're very good at uh, for low processing power devices especially uh, communicating a lot of detail yeah 
I mean, I, I'll still sp stick up for, like, the incredible art design of, say, the original Resident Evil games is absolutely, like, they're, they're grotesque-looking by intent, but, you know, very uh, impressive to see all of the detail that, like, they couldn't have achieved on the PS1 hardware if they had gone 3D. And, like, you wouldn't have had nearly so much of the atmosphere if they had had to rely on 3D environments. So, I, I really like uh, pre-rendered backgrounds. And, hey, uh, Fantasian, bringing that back, if that's what you're into. Huh. I wish that they had blended the styles of the pre-rendered backgrounds and the characters more, but beggars can't be choosers. Uh -huh. My computer's running out of disk space. Hold on, keep talking. My computer's running out of disk space. Hold on, keep talking while I clean up, clean up some space so this uh -huh. recording doesn't die in the middle. Yeah, it would be real bad. Uh, that, that would be bad. Here's a question from uh, another one from the Discord. Uh, has Square Enix ever done a Dragon Quest spinoff without any RPG elements? Where's my equivalent to Chocobo Racing? They already have horse racing in DQ11. I'd have to ask Platy for the full rundown because it seems like a like hardcore question. But yeah, that that's definitely beyond my thing. Um, the only one I can think of is maybe one of the it, it um, Itagaki Street. Yeah, I was I gonna mean, say that's... Fortune Street's the only thing that comes to mind because like those are board games, yeah. and it depends on are we counting those as Dragon Quest spinoffs. Uh... But, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a much more hardcore platy question than for me. Cause, yeah. um, and that that was really the question where I was like, why, why am I... I can learn to understand you much better if I can... Uh, not that I don't mind the questions, because I'm not on that much, but, and, and it's good having a different take. But, you know, unfortunately, there's certain points where some, someone more knowledgeable in the subject is definitely needing it than me who's more of a variety rp gamer than as uh, than the Hardcore very specific, into specific series sorry i didn't mean to oh That's no it. you're good you're good uh, yeah so so we'll we'll repose that question to platy the next time that we see him uh but yeah our between the three of us i think all we can think of is itadaki slash fortune street and it depends very much on whether you're counting that as a spinoff or no. Uh, uh, this one we might all have some memories of. Back in the aughts, did SE do any kind of big marketing push for DQ in America? I mean, I think their idea of a big marketing push was put a demo of Final Fantasy in Dragon Quest VIII. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there was not... Square Enix has never really done big marketing push for the um the dragon quests um in fact the big push for the 3ds's was actually all done by nintendo yeah they were not confident in dq as a brand on the 3ds like they they there was a period on the ds where i think they were convinced that like well it's time to bring these all over and like we'll just assume that a fandom will grow for them and it did but not to the degree or speed that they wanted it to and so, like, that's why when they... I remember 
on the DS, they announced Dragon Quest 4, 5, and 6 for the US all at once. They announced, uh, like, Chapters of the Chosen, Hand of the Heavenly Bride, and Realms of Reverie. And you might notice that's not the title that game launched with. Mm. Uh, because at some point after DQ5 came out and seemingly did disappointing numbers as far as they were concerned, it they stopped and Nintendo picked it up and released it as Realms of Revelation. Huh. But it's it was it's a very strange situation. I don't fully understand what they thought what they were what their thought process was there, but it was not they they were never really willing to give it the kind of push it was going to need to sell uh like the numbers that I think they wanted it to. And again, like their biggest idea seems to have been we'll put an FF twelve demo in DQ eight. And that's that's a bad demo, by the way. Um <laughs> And as well as there was a, uh, they they did do like a proper DQ8 demo that gave you like the first quest of the game, and because it's a Dragon Quest game, first quest of the game takes like three hours, so it was it was a fairly meaty experience about what that demo was going to be, but you know it was not the most, uh, it it wasn't a real concerted push. Nintendo, I, I remember Platy loves to bring this up. Uh, Nintendo made a TV ad for Dragon Quest IX that had Seth Green in it for some reason. I don't think I ever saw it, but I also wasn't watching much TV at that point. I've but it was it. It, It's one of those things where it's like, how do we sell this? How on earth do we sell this? And like, it, it did something like that. That definitely sold better than the other Dragon Quest games. In the well, I think US. part of it too was that... Um... I think there was also an ad in one of my in like Game Informer for two, which helped. Yeah, like they didn't like because like even like magazine put there was not even like a huge magazine push to sell like DQ8 or the DS versions. Yeah, I mean honestly, I think a lot of it back then was Square Enix was still riding off of its name from the PlayStation era. Yeah, and they they didn't and, seem like. They didn't seem to have an idea of how to sell something on something other than, well, Square Enix made it. And so you'd run into these, like, situations where it's like, this is a big franchise, why aren't you advertising it? But but we made it, people will seek it. And it's like, you don't quite have the cachet you had on the PS1 to be able to sell games on the dint of the Square Enix branding. <laughs> or at least at the PS1 era, it would have been the Square branding, but yeah. Speaking of companies that during that era uh, abolished their U.S. branches, <laughs> there wasn't a, a U.S. branch of Annex for like about four or five years there during <laughs> the PS1 and Super Nintendo era. We missed another question from Budai here. Let's see. Okay, what's that? Have you ever noticed the lack of strategy RPGs on the SNES and also how little came out in the West? Uh, I think you're basically looking at Ogre Battle and Tactics Ogre. Did those even come out? Did uh, Tactics Ogre even come out here? No. Nope. On the... Not on the SNES. Yeah, I think we didn't get that until Ogre Battle Limited Edition. But yeah, I mean, like, Plenty of them seem to have existed to one extent or another in Japan, because you had uh, 
like Fire Emblem was going strong there, but and of course Shining Force was kind of like Sega's answer to Fire Emblem, like, well, you know, we need to shore up our library, so here's our Fire Emblem, and, you know, they made a very good one, but, uh, or Camelot did anyway, but yeah, I, I think I think it, they probably didn't come here on the same basis as to why a lot of RPGs didn't come here. The assumption was that they were too complicated. <laughs> I mean, bear in mind that's the era that gave us Mystic Quest, a game I love, but which was very much built on the idea of like, well, you, you these these RPGs are too complicated. Tactics RPGs, that's going to be even worse. Yeah. Thankfully, we've largely left that era behind, but... Yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't think that there's anything to be said for it other than, yeah, they just didn't uh, assume that there was an audience for them here because they were complicated, and there were just less of them at the time because they were kind of uh, niche even in Japan, so... Why not just make a more traditional JRPG and get a bigger audience? Uh, that'd be my guess. Let's see. Okay. Up to 97 gigabytes free. Hooray! We're good. Okay. Uh, do you have any imaginative ideas about new Draconian quest options? I did not use any of these, so I don't know actually what's, what Draconian quests are on offer in DQ11, other than ones oh, like... Man. Make the townspeople lie and can't buy weapons and stuff? Uh, there is the... Uh, I forget what it's called. Where the one you could suddenly be scared to talk to Too anyone. Uh, oh. And there's, there's one where that applies to all your party members. <laughs> Seems like a problem. Yeah, because it means sometimes in battle they'll randomly just not be able to act. Yeah. Oh... Uh, Hmm. There's one where easier monsters give you less XP. Yeah, do we want to hit any specific ones? Any specific questions? Well, no, I mean in terms of like, are there any ideas you have for... No, I got nothing. ...new ones? Uh... Nothing that would I don't know. Just let's, be stupid let's, and evil. I wish to introduce an element, uh, an element of chaos and pain into the experience, so weapons can break. <laughs> uh, nice. That is that is where true suffering will come, and I will never turn it on, and I will laugh at anyone fool enough to play it. it just, the idea just doesn't make any sense, and that's why I do it. Uh, Yeah, I don't have any uh, ideas, and Tam seems to be muted again. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. But uh, yeah, I don't like all of all of my ideas are just uh, essentially jokes upon the player. Unspeakable cruelty for them being fool enough to play this. Wasn't there a draconian quest that would just allow you to get game overs? Yes, I have that one on. Which just baffles me, because it's like, that's not how Dragon Quest has ever worked. Now it is. <laughs> oh, Why would you terrible. want it to be? If you're terrible, like me. 
I mean, I just don't want you to hurt yourself. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get what this does for you. I don't get why you would want this. Like a, a little more difficulty in my turn-based games. I don't know, man. That doesn't seem difficult. It just seems irritating. Yeah. I like a little more persona in my turn-based games. <laughs> so does your character? Do you game over if your character dies? Yes. Oh god. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, that, that was a little bit odd when I was playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, because, like, you're doing normal quests and, you know, you're just beating up random people in the city and you're fine. And then get to, like, specific bosses, like, game over. I'm like, damn. Yeah, it can show its teeth on certain places. Uh, just remembering the true ultimate secret boss and getting murdered by it. <sighs> Good times. Um, but yeah, did you have any ideas for a new... Uh, what you would see for like a new draconian trial in uh, after DQ11? Because I, I got nothing. Uh, no. I mean... No. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that... I, I liked 11 to the... I mean, sort of... The one... You want some? There was the one event in that game where it was sort of like the Draconian Trial, I believe. And I think that was supposed to be it. But, I mean, when you get the true, true ending of that game, it's it's done. I mean, I hmm. felt super satisfied with the true, true ending of that game. Oh, yeah. I, I should make clear, I think I, I think I misspoke. Uh, the draconian quests, the things that you can turn on to, like, make the game harder for essentially no reward. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy, who, I, I'm like, pause, I play my stuff on super easy. Yeah, no, I didn't turn any of them on, so it's just like, why? I don't, why? <laughs> but... Yeah, know. no, I'm I'm one of our super easy, you know. I don't like games that make you suffer. <laughs> I'm sorry, wheels. Yeah, that, I mean that's why my that's why my response was to just like suggest an idea that's patently unreasonable, and just laugh at anyone who chooses to actually play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that would be, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. They're they're not for me, so I don't get further ideas. Uh, let's see. So we'll hit the last of these. Is it just me, or does uh, is Charm kind of a useless chat stat? And it's not just in DQ, but Charm, Charisma, and a lot of RPGs are kind of like that, too. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, DQ kind of treats Charm like kind of a joke stat. Like, it does things, but, like, such negligible things that it, it's mostly there just as, like, a... Hey, this outfit looks pretty cool, don't you think? Well, isn't isn't it the one where they um bait uh, they use for the basis of um the um the female character sort of charming enemies? Yeah, like you can entrance people with your charm, but it's also like that procs so rarely. <laughs> that uh, and I think that stat might exist in games where it where charm doesn't actually cause that because i know that i think dq8 has a charm stat and the only way for jessica to uh to charm people in that is to put 
uh, to charm enemies in that is to have put skills into the sex appeal skill tree. And the charm doesn't... And, like, that's just a, like... Once she has a certain number, she gets a 1 in 16 chance. And once she gets a certain other number, she has, like, a 1 in 8 chance. And, like, that's hard unaffected by uh, whatever the charm stats are in DQ8, which I seem to recall do exist in that game. So, just a very curious stat that, again, almost, like, half feels like a joke half the time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, like... A lot of tabletop games will have certain kinds of casters run on charisma, but it's a you kind of need to be running on like a a D and D adjacent rule set to make that idea make sense. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, even in Five uh, E. Oh, I didn't. I, I. Oops. Did something wrong in my game. Um. Even in Um Five E, like. I'm, I'm playing a paladin, which is considered a tank, and that actually runs on charisma as, yeah. as a casting stat. So, I mean, it really um, depends on the system, but yeah, I mean, it, Dungeons & Dragons really has different, you know, something for just about every role that can run on charisma. But you know, trying to translate charisma into a video game where, you know, a lot of things are predetermined as far as, like, how your character interacts with the world and the game is, you know, the, as you said, it's kind of a joke stat, and that's really the reason why. Yeah, like, the, the you, you need to move into, like, these very, like, PC RPG style, like, you make choices and that affects things in order for the charisma stat to have, like, a meaningful impact on the game. Like, I remember I, I always liked pumping my charisma in, like, Bioware games, because that'll give me access to different resolutions to the quest, so suddenly that's, like, my most valued stat. But, you know, that's obviously a relatively uh, rare occurrence, so, you know. And, you know, of course, uh, D&D-inspired games will also occasionally have certain kinds of casters key off of that stat. I played... Last time I played... I played 5e as both a bard and a warlock, and I think both of those ran on charisma as well. Yes, both of those do. I mean, th there's the running joke that every half-breed in Dragon Quest is uh, a, a, bar a bard getting frisky. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just just in general. Uh, see. Oh, uh, Gaijin can pop in for this, so let's pop him. If I can. I don't actually think that I have. I don't actually friend people on I get Skype. It. So, I get it. Okay. But yeah, uh, it's just a it's very like. Uh, it's definitely the one of the quote-unquote four stats that you usually see in things that is the most likely to either serve no purpose or to be a dump stat for the vast majority. Oh, we're talking about charisma? <laughs> yep, we're right at the charisma. <laughs> he came in right yep. there. 
the the one thing that was like I can comment on this, so I will comment it on it on Discord because I'm not sure if I can come today. Oh well, cool, nice timing. Yeah. yeah. So, I was trying to remember if Romancing Saga and Saga Frontier actually made a use for it because two of their, I mean, one of their magics is based on charm and illusions. yeah. There is a charm school of magic in Frontier, so yeah, yeah, the mystic magic. So. It would be fun, but I don't actually know. <laughs> it's been a long time since I actually had to try and remember any of the core mechanics from one of the Saga games. Because mm -hmm. it's a headache waiting to happen. Uh, so. That does put us into some questions that uh, from Berserk Alucard that uh, we should probably hit before uh, we stop anyway. So. Mm -hmm. uh, any first or early RPG memories? We should all have something for this. Mm -hmm. For me, I remember playing most Sega, uh, mostly Sega games and then seeing Fantasy Star. It really intrigued me how different it was to the platformers and the like we have played up till that one. It's also really bloody hard. Uh, Final Fantasy VII was the first time I really took note of an RPG in the PS1 era. It amazed me, and when I saw it at a friend's house in school, I needed a PS1 after that. That's understandable. Um, so what I've do we all on. <laughs> Say what? I've got a ton of good because my mom didn't allow us to buy like fighters. She didn't allow us to buy like really violent stuff usually. So we got stuck. I mean, granted, RPGs are very violent, but you're fighting, you know, monsters and they were abstract, right? It, and and again, you're fighting a lot of monsters. You're fighting a lot of abnormal creatures. You're not fighting other humans. So I Fair. think that was sort of where she drew the line, and mm -hmm. so. I have a plethora of RPG, early RPG stories. <laughs> um, mm. my, the two most notable and, um, are pretty quick. So the first one is my, my, my mom had gotten Final Fantasy for her birthday mm -hmm. and was playing it. Well, this was before we knew you had to hit reset and power off oh, no. the game. We didn't find that out until a, we got Dragon Quest later when my dad went <laughs> to Puerto Rico. Um, Navy deployment and, and he got that on the way home um, so my sister the next morning was like oh this you know was like really cool my mom had played it of course because we had a rule that said you know the, if it was a birthday gift whoever's birthday gift it was needed to play it first and so my sister the following morning booted up the game because we didn't realize it had one save slot but that's not the, that, that's not the memory. The memory. I mean, I remember that. But my my favorite memory is every. You know, I would watch my sister play that hours on end on weekends, and uh, I'd sit there going, "Critical hit, terminated all the time." Having a good time. Yeah, she she hated that one. The other one is uh, Final Fantasy VII. Was um, a friend a friend of mine. Uh, and I were both aides in the um, library at our high school because that that was uh, freshman year of high school for me. Wow, well, taking me back. And uh, and we would sit there because you know we we would you know do all the books, we would check out all the books, but for the most part, we didn't have a lot to do, mm -hmm. especially because there were two of us. We were very good at our jobs, and so we would sit on the computers and just look up video game stuff and we kept on looking up stuff about like final fantasy that's how like he, he's he's like metalhead whatnot i'm geeky 
anime guy, and the two of us are like still even now still pretty good friends. We don't talk often, but when we do, we we hang out for a couple hours, and so. I mean, he and I just connected over Final Fantasy VII, and he actually got it first for the PlayStation. So, uh, and I, I used to, like, go over to his place and play it. Nice. Let's see. Uh, so those are, those are really the two that stick out the most in my head. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jen. You got any you want to bring up? Well, I mean, my very first RPG memories were probably roguelikes taken off of an old BBS called Tori Station. Nerd! No, that was my dad. Who was, um, he was My dad was one who had the computer back in 1987 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I played Minds of Moria a lot when I was little. Nice. <laughs> if, you ever heard, if you never heard of that one... Apparently, this guy at the University of Oklahoma really wanted to play Rogue on his computer system at the university, but the uh, the programming languages were incompatible, so he just made his own. That's how you had to do it back then. Yeah. And his version actually included a base camp town where you could buy stuff and haggle with people and get yourself kicked out of shops if you haggled too hard. Mm-hmm. Happened a few times. Um, but yeah, I think the first actual game system I had was a Game Boy original, and I would rent games from Farmore, the, uh, the drugstore down the road. So, um, mostly Final Fantasy Legend 2, 3, and Legend of Zelda. (laughs) And my very first Q&A moment was, again, one of the Tori Station boards... Somebody had a question about how to beat Venus in Final Fantasy Legend 2, and I mentioned that, hey, if your mana stat is high enough, you can just hypnotize her. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thanks, man. And my dad had to come later and ask me what the heck this mail that he had just received was all about. <laughs> he's like, yeah, t- thanks for the tip, man. Going to, I'm taking four mutants to go beat up Venus. <laughs> yeah, uh, son, is this code? Are you doing the drugs? Uh, I'm assuming Wheels is going to involve Final Fantasy Legend in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I've kind of gone over this before, but kind of early on, uh, I played Dragon Warrior, like anyone with a Nintendo Power subscription did. Oh, it wasn't Dragon Warrior. It was Legend of Zelda, where we learned about the uh, power reset thing. Oh, that uh, makes yes, sense. Yes. Um. But, I mean, that one I don't think really super stuck with me. But I saw at a, my brother's friend's house uh, him playing Final Fantasy on the NES. And this was kind of right before we ended up getting rid of our NES for the SNES or somewhere in that vicinity. So I never actually got to play the original Final Fantasy until years later. Uh, but I was, like, obsessed with it. I would, like, look over the the guidebook from Nintendo Power and stuff like that. So obviously that led to me getting Final Fantasy Legend on the Game Boy because we still had the Game Boy and although I did not understand it in the slightest, it was a Final Fantasy-ish game I could play and kept playing it. So there you go. That's good. Yeah. Happy end. But I mean, yeah, Dragon Warrior and like Legend of Zelda were kind of the first ones that I actually really did play, but uh, I mean, Game Boy and Super NES is where I pretty much 
uh, started to love like console RPGs. And though my my family, had, uh, we had a plethora of computers. Um, I mean, I had my first computer. I want to say in 89. But some of that was because my grandparents, uh, who my grandfather was a retired naval captain after 31 years, who went into being a lawyer, so he needed one, mm. and he was also an electrical engineer. Um, mm. My dad is, was a military commander, uh, Navy commander with 20 plus years in the Navy who went to become a, went in to become a lawyer when he retired. At, um, so he, he needed them for both sets of work too. Um, so, I mean, we, we were very, we're a very tech savvy family, even going back into the eighties. Like I was one of the first kids in second grade turning and typed in reports because I had an old dot matrix printer. <laughs> <sighs> the joys of technology. I do kind of miss the sound of the dot matrix printer some days. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember that noise. Yes. Not that the the sound of it actually doing the printing though. Mm -hmm. So with the uh, the uh, little gears on the sides because there were. Perf and there were holes and a perforated strip along the sides of the printing paper to pull it through. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. And as for me, uh, I've, I've gone over mine before, but uh, I played Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the Super Nintendo. Nice. I think we all did. Oh, I, did. I gave that one to my little brother. He beat it in a day and a half. Uh, At age who... seven. It enchanted me on the existence of being an RPG that uh, I had not played anything like before because it was an RPG. And then FF7 made me fall in love with the genre and my brain has been broken on FF7 ever since. Uh, Mystic Quest was that game that my parents got when I asked to rent Final Fantasy 2. But I played it uh, anyway because what experience. else was I going to play? <laughs> I mean, it's good as a my first RPG. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, we actually owned Final Fantasy 2, and then we got Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Okay, that's a weird step down. That's going to feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I play both. I love both. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's just weird with their context when, like, one of them was made because they assumed that FF2 had already been too complicated. And it's dumbed down version. Yeah, but it's still yeah. fun. That's been like a lot. It's got so, really good music. In any case, really speaking music. of speaking of memories that are indelibly etched on your memory, I just uh, remembered one that I have just recently, uh, like in the last ten seconds, done over again, and mm -hmm. that is reaching the final boss of Loot's scenario in Saga Frontier with only three characters and a grand total of maybe five hundred hit points between them. Huh. Just, just to check to see if, yep, you can actually do this again. <laughs> now I'm going to die. I'm going to plan out how to uh, beat it properly. So, so we who are about to die don't want to. But oh well. Yeah, the uh, Steam release still hasn't popped yet. The Steam release is going to be one day after the Switch release. Now it's supposed to be on the fifteenth. It's just no. 
Switch version has popped. Well, no, he's saying coming April 15th, so unless it's time-locked because of my time zone. No, the the Switch version is for Thursday, and the Steam version was supposed to be one day later. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the Steam page right now. It says coming April 15th. Really? Yeah. What time is it in your time zone? Seven, five minutes till midnight. <laughs> yeah, uh, my... Give it another five minutes, I guess. Yeah, I, I downloaded this 10 minutes or 12 minutes after midnight l this morning. I bet you it's and not going to be alive a... on Steam till tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I think Steam might just unlock it all at once at, spe at a specific time, but hard to say. And I, I, mean, I no, actually lasted no two real, rounds. I'm no, not sure no, how no real harm to me, because, I mean, I'm not the biggest Saga fan on <sighs> RP Gamer, and everyone knows that. Get off I mean, this podcast. But you are at least a fan. <laughs> So. Of, of mostly Final Fantasy Legend 2 and 3. Okay, yes, now you're sorry, now what? You blood and they're gonna fight. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. He said Legend 2 and 3. He okay. didn't say Legend okay. 3 instead of 2. Okay, okay. so th this is okay. this is in, within the bounds of polite discourse wheels. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like 3 because it's very much more of traditional RPG <laughs> and I can play it. And I traded. A, but it's a bad um, traditional RPG. <laughs> oh God, it's, it's not the best. Fight. It's not but, good. It's, it's, but it yeah, used, it's, it's what but, it was because it didn't have a lot of space. Yeah. And and, used, and the other one was what it was because it knew it didn't have a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. And in the case of Final Fantasy, and this is why I made the point of saying Final Fantasy Mystic Crest is secretly a saga game, is because they use a lot of the same enemy sprites and. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest as they do in Final Fantasy Legend 3. That's because yeah, the two games were the have the same, same development piece. studio. Well, that explains that. Yeah. <laughs> they they, they recycle like a lot of assets. Yeah. That's why... Oh, yeah, like, Rudra G or Treasure of the Rudras, one of those two things. Well, Rudras was also Kawaza. Yeah. yeah. But I think that it might also be the... like Kawaza was occasionally like done production over teams that are not the traditional Saga team. But, yeah. Um... Uh, did we go into the comment? Uh, or are we are we still on Berserk Alucards? Because we got that big one from Fire Miner. Yeah, we've got. Uh, we're still on Berserk Alucards. Uh, okay. I think we can. If we can get through these quickly, we can manage to hit all of them before Wheels dies. Um... I'm fine. I can, <laughs> I can answer them all. Not tired. You're tired. <laughs> It's not 2 a.m. for me, it's 2 a.m. for you. But, uh, let's see. It's fine, I was up till 4 a.m. the other day. I can do this. That doesn't make that a good idea. That, if anything, makes it a worse idea. Okay, let's just get through this. Uh, <laughs> uh, what sets or series of games are good examples for how far the RPG genre has come? For example, story, scripting, or gameplay improving over time. Visuals and music, I guess, are easier to think of answers. You work together as a team on the podcast to answer this and answer as a set of two or three games. They don't really have to be from the same series. To be honest, the outcome might be that the genre is quite uh, set or stagnant. Uh, FF3 to Bravely Default 2, I suppose. There's really not much evolution possible in the job system, for example. I mean, you'd, you'd say that, but I mean, like, there's... It, FF3 to FF5 is actually a huge jump in how the job oh, system yeah. functions and works. Just, uh, the, just the ability to add in sub-abilities. Sub abilities and just like FF3's entire job balancing philosophy is just completely different from every other uh, yes. Final Fantasy game because like jobs exist in that to solve specific situations and then be cast aside. 
Yeah. And then, and then the, I mean, you look at any guide for end game and it's basically two ninjas, two sages. That's it. That was the intended final party. The ninja was the ultimate physical job and the sage was the ultimate magic job. Except for maybe in the DS remake where they added uh, uh, onion knight as a separate job instead of being the starter job. Yeah. There's, there's some other things that were rejiggered about balance and FF3, which served to muddy the water, but didn't actually make the other choices any better mm -hmm. <laughs> hmm. something that really underlines it down and then uh, I mean Dragon Quest is really one of the ones where I can say this question sort of epitome, epitomizes you know how far the genre has come you know look at the very first game single party member single monster per battle um you know no backgrounds in battle no Just, no that's not uh, no, no backgrounds not in battle the... in the japanese version they added them to the english oh, version never mind. oh okay i did not know that yeah there's there's a lot of actually if you go look at the original version of dragon quest one in japan it's actually quite shocking how primitive it is even compared to the english version because it's like you don't go downstairs in the japanese version by landing on them you have to be on the tile and select the stairs option no yep. that you did you did have to do that in the u.s version i thought you didn't have to do that anymore in the u.s version maybe that's just uh one like of the, the more updated versions yeah, yeah no the original nes version there was still the stair command <laughs> yeah i think that i think there might not actually have been front and rear facing sprites in the japanese version mm-hmm it's it's a it's a very primitive game also it's password based <laughs> Yeah, and whereas the um, the U.S. version was not, it was uh, it had safe. It was a battery. Yeah. Um, so, you, but now look at it. You know, 3D visuals, music, you know, voice casting, full orchestration, going back to the music, multiple enemies on screen. Even just between one and two, you had multiple enemies. Although the second game did not have background visuals originally. Yeah, even in the U.S. version, they didn't do that bit of gilding the lily. Yeah, but and I think it would have been harder because of the fact there were multiple monsters. So I think that's kind of where they nick because why they nixed it. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, same with three. Three didn't have those. Um, you know, and then three... for those watching the stream, sorry to interrupt. For those watching the stream, I just want to point out that that scene that Wheels just did was incredibly funny to me. What is that? Just just because you see the two characters, your two party members jump onto a giant gear and start wildly waving weapons at their principal <laughs> while, like, they're just continuing to rotate. It's extremely silly looking, and I love it. But, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Just no, no, you're good. Um, then you have the jump to the... Um... To the SNES, where they still kind of even kept the the look from the earlier DQs for the, at least the fifth one. And yeah, because those were still uh, being developed by Chunsoft. Mm -hmm. But uh, and then six, yeah. you know, went a little bit further away from the eight-bit sprites, closer to the sixteen to the sixteen-bit sprites. And I mean, that DQ three then... remake on. Super Famicom in the six engines is also incredible looking. Yes. 
Yeah, no, that looks incredible. I I actually had the Game Boy Color remake, which added the first instance of the uh, board game. Oh, yeah. Hope you enjoy your secret off, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, DQ is interesting for this uh, exercise by virtue of the fact that it is so reticent to change that when you, like, actually compare and realize how much it has changed, it's, like really gives perspective on, like, there there is still a lot of change going on in the genre, even if you don't notice it at the time. Uh, yeah. Unlike Final Fantasy, where you can tell the change. Like, like mm. it, it would hard to even be called it evolving, it's just constantly mutating. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Final Fantasy has always been very experimental with its systems. Um, I think that's the best word I can come up with. Um, oh, definitely. And sometimes they do not pan out. We all have a different individual answer for systems that we are displeased with that we're all <laughs> politely not bringing up. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you if you look at, like, even Final Fantasy games from, like, five, ten years apart as opposed to the 30 years that the series has existed, you will find games that are nigh unrecognizable as being the same, so... Hey, wheels. Yeah? Be track casting two Augie spells next to each other. I have nine. I thought this guy was strong against fire. I think he's weak against fire, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe I misread that thing. Okay. Just an idea. I'm more impressed he's playing this. It's a fun game. It's it's not as difficult as it looks. It's actually quite easy. It just hasn't aged well. It has aged imperfectly, but I think it's still playable. Uh, which which one are we playing? Uh, Wheels is playing Persona 2 Innocent Sin. Oh, cool. I just downloaded those. Nice. Uh, yeah, you're going to want to put... Uh, you're going to want to rearrange turn order so two of those Augies come together. How did you do that? Uh, there's a menu option called set turn order. Oh. Well, la -di -da. That's assuming my memory that this guy is reasonably weak to fire. Uh, yeah, he's weak to fire. So just uh, just put Yuki and Sia next to each other in the order and have them both cast Augie. Sorry. But, uh, incredibly silly set of sprites. Look at this thing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it, it's fair to analyze like the longest running franchises tend to produce the most like obvious comparison points. Because like, I mean, throw Fantasy Star 1 against even Fantasy Star Online and it's like, what is happening? Also, Topsy is frozen. You're going to have to fix that. It's fine. It's all fine. You're going to keep hoping that Maureen Karin's going to work, and you're going to keep being wrong. Are you trying to charm things? Fool. Fool that you are. Massive uh, fool. Hey, sometimes you gotta think outside the box. Okay, now 
the two of them. Now Tatsuya actually exists again, so... It should work. Uh... Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, going back to... So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good RPG genres in themselves that have shown the change over time. I mean, some some and some do it way better than others. Yeah, like, some, some of them are very deliberately choosing not to change. Yeah. I mean, let's let's look. I mean, just briefly bringing up Star Ocean one and two were very similar. Then, of course, you had to jump to 3D. But then that third game, you know, tried to innovate in the in, in the entire RPG genre by making death upon MP zero. Oh, I hate that. I still hate that so much. Oh, no. I, I, I own both versions of that, both Japanese and English. And yeah, <laughs> no, just no. Uh, it's just an unpleasant system. But yeah, like you, you, it, you know, it's it's not when when this genre doesn't innovate. I don't feel it's for lack of capacity. It's just that it uh, it knows what it's trying to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's just these games are dis- have made a decision about how they're going to go about things and like. I'd just probably go with Magna, personally. <laughs> Hooray, my keys have been found! Hooray! The wheel's just rapidly dying, so we're going to try to shotgun these last two questions. Uh, <laughs> any of you have bucket list RPGs you haven't gotten around to but really want to? Um, yes. Uh, plenty. Uh, it's called the Wikipedia entry for RPGs. <laughs> well, that's terrifying. Uh, Skies uh, of Arcadia. Oh, yeah. Uh, that no, is yeah. one, yeah. But pretty much anything that was on Nintendo consoles or on GameCube or Wii or Wii U, I never played any of those. It's, uh, it's, see, here's the thing. I've played the majority of them, mm-hmm. at least the U.S. English ones. I just haven't beaten any of them. <laughs> Although I did beat Skies of Arcadia on the GameCube, that's really that was really fun. I did enjoy that one. That's an incredible game. I'm I'm actually really into trying to find a lot of these weird import one-off games. Like someone brought up this new game, and I forget the name of it now. That's like a shooter RPG, and I recently found out there was. Are you 18... thinking of Sigma Star? No, that's not a import. Sorry. I feel like I know Sigma Star Saga in the space in my brain. It's a GBA way forward game. Oh yeah, no, I have that one. Yeah, it's weird. It's not incredible, but it's weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, and I'm very bad at it. Oh, absolutely, I know the feeling. Um, no, there's someone mentioned just the other day like this actual shooter RPG that was supposed to come out. It's like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be like this other game I recently heard about called Crime. Crime uh, Crime crackers. crackers. Oh no, not crime crackers. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a weird game. That is a weird game. It's it's like it's one like one of those really old ID software games from like before Duke Nukem made it big. Oh no. Yeah, with, it's, with it's... a spotty control scheme attached to your PS One controllers, and it was it was awful to mess with. Yeah, it's no Doom. It's uh, it's weird. It's, sure it's more like weird. Lake Stone if you ever played that one. <laughs> But uh, oh, I I downloaded it, so I'll see how it goes. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 worth spending an hour or so with and being confused by. So there's that. But, but I mean, there's there a lot here. of like 
you know, as far as non-imports go, I own the majority of what got re released in the U.S. I may be missing, like, a, a, a game here and a game there, but I own the majority of them. Do you have hmm. Crusader's Quest? That one, I think, is one of the ones I don't own. It was cute. Okay. I always had... But, I mean, I own Rhapsody, I own all the Personas... I mean, I own Persona 1 on the PlayStation. I own oh, Persona, boy, the Persona, Persona 2 that came out on the PlayStation. I mean, I really own the majority of what came out. I, I own Sima the Enemy. Oh, man. Oh, I played that one. Frontier Stories, Game Boy Advance. Yes. Yeah. And didn't you review it? No, I didn't because Jim's had already done it. And oh, okay. I was only playing the Japanese version. Yeah. So normally if there's an English version, I don't do it. Do a review. Oh, okay. With the but exception the, um, of Guardians Crusade, oh, it was Guardians Crusade was that game. Good old because, Night and Baby. Yeah, yeah Night oh, and yeah, Baby. Oh yeah, no, I saw that one. I, I was like, I noped out of that before, just looking at, just look, reading the back art or reading the back cover. It was actually a pretty good game, and it had some interesting mechanics in it. And just seeing the fact that our only review on site was by Otterland, I had <laughs> to get to play and review this game, and it was actually not that bad a game. So. It's, it's an odd game. I think I don't think that people in the U.S. were uh, really primed for that kind of game, but it's got like interesting sort of virtual, vaguely virtual pet-ish elements to it. Yeah, I mean, it's you summon little um, robots. Yeah, you got the living toys as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, I own Cartia. Oh man, I think that's really expensive now. Yeah, it is. Um, most of what he listed is. <laughs> Oh yeah, especially Revelations Persona. Yeah, no, I, I have Revelations the Demon Slayer. Oh Jesus! I mean, I really do. When I say I own the majority of most U.S. RPGs, I do mean that seriously. Lagoon. Oh man, Lagoon. <laughs> Lagoon, the game where I could not figure out how to hit things. It's really you're not your sword is really tiny in Lagoon. I used to own I that do game. Not, I, yeah, I do not own Lagoon. I. Uh, it's not uh, worth it. Don't do it. Hey, guys, okay. you want some, you want a fun fact? What? In the original Japanese PC version of Lagoon, it just worked like East. Yeah, I heard it was, that. It's like just a bumping the, combat game. <laughs> the uh, NES version got me messed up somehow. Yeah, they gave it an attack button, but they didn't actually increase the range of your attack. <laughs> Regrettable video game. Yay, you win! Congrats. Where I have advice is me? I have advice on what wheels should do. What's grind? That? Oh, no, no, there's no need to grind at this point. This wheels is perfectly in line. Uh, you're going to get asked what happened to him, and you should. <laughs> and there's a very specific answer about what you should be saying. But, I don't know uh, what's happening to anyone. This game is weird. I like it. Don't don't worry. You I'll, when you get to the dialogue option, I'll tell you what to say. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, as for my personal bucket list item, this is not a specific game, but it has always been my ambition to play ev finish every localized RPG on the PS One. That's a, again a long list. It's a very big list. I believe officially it's some 70 or so games long. But I want to do it. How many do you have left? I've 
played through a lot, but I've never actually sat down and made the list of which ones I've already done. Oh. So it's one of those things that's like, eh, eventually I'll sit down and write what I should do, uh, what what needs doing, like, because, you know, eventually, uh, like, I also looked at it, like, chronologically, and it's like, oh, that means starting with, like, Beyond the Beyond. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, be, be, and I'm, I'm no Ryu reserve but i know where you're going <laughs> and i do own beyond the beyond and i've played i've played a little bit of it and it is not a bad game but it has very well not aged it has very well not aged from about six months after it was born yeah no it it is a very it a game much you played when you didn't have a lot of options yeah no that was that was ha hamtaro something or other <laughs> Hams unite, baby. Uh, no, I had the Game Boy. I had the Game Boy Advance one in Meridian, Mississippi, because it was one of two games that was on sale at the base exchange. <laughs> oh, is... oh Hamtaro Ham Ham Heartbreak. That's it. That's the one. Oh, that's the second one. That was actually made by Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually own and I own that one, and it was fun. I actually did enjoy it. I think I got stuck, but um, I also picked up like uh, Pokemon. Ruby. Yeah, that was probably the more uh, exciting game at the time. I bought both. I mean, I, I again, base exchange. Yeah, I'm like what? What does the base exchange have? That's I what you get. Yeah. I went. I had. To, I had gone the last like two and a half months with no video games. <laughs> any port in a storm. If you have anything random from Japan that you would like me to look out for, just let me know. Because there's all sorts of stuff I could possibly find, but I'm not sure if I can. Um, I've, I've... He is... No, he made it. That is the correct option, is no, he made it. Is this a Power of Rumor type thing? Yes. Okay, thank you. Because that causes her to say, our dear principal is invincible, he'll show up again in our hour of greatest need. <laughs> <laughs> causes her to spread that rumor. Uh... that, of course, now he has to. I love this game already. Persona <laughs> 2 is beautiful. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, when I, I, there are very few US RPGs I don't own and have at least not played a part of. But, you know, not counting the current thing with indie games and all that, I just don't have the money to, or the time to sit down and beat anything. But... Um, but at least back in the day, NES, SNES, and PlayStation, and PlayStation 2, I do own the majority. Yeah. That was, that was when it was, like, actually possible to own the majority of anything. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Gaijin Wheels, you got any bucket list items? You should save Wheels. Okay. Mm. Smart. <laughs> but... Uh, Gaijin, we also got any bucket list items? Uh, other than Skies of Arcadia? Mm-hmm. Sounds like no. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I still have a personal pledge to purchase, um, R-Type Tactics 2 Operation Bitter Chocolate, if I ever happen to find it. You do well map that. Uh, yes, I do. Granted, it's gonna be, like, a literally $100 game. Yeah, but that's why it's a bucket what? list game. What system yeah. is it on? That's a PSP game. PSP. Well, I have means. 
Uh, I would like to... Oh, I forgot it. I just had something. Oh, um, Shining the Holy Ark. I would like to actually finish at some point. Not until you finish Shining Wisdom. And also the Shining Force 3s. Since they're oh, yeah, scenario fan-translated. Yeah. yeah, those have been tran fan-translated. Yep. You should get yourself a Saturn ODE and have yourself a good time. I mean, we we uh, as most of the staff know. I'm I'm very big into emulation. A because of the games we never got, and because oh, you know trying to maintain all these systems now, especially with things that are not seeing seeing re-releases even digitally. Yeah. And you know, it's it's or just systems that have just been like we have not seen anything about anything from GameCube. I mean, the closest thing we've gotten was the Tales of Symphonia remaster. Yeah, there's, there's no concerted effort to preserve PS2, Xbox, and like Xbox and GameCube games at this stage, other than... Or yeah. barely even PS2 at this point. Did you see the list of PS2 on PS4 games? Most of them are collections of older games that aren't PS2 games. <laughs> uh, like Digital Devil Saga. Digital mm. Devil Saga was uh, PS... Three PS Classic. Yeah. PS2 on PS4, I don't think, has Digital Devil Saga. No. Sadly. I mean, and, but don't and, worry, it has King of Fighters, the Orochi Saga. <sighs> I love King of Fighters games. There's no fucking reason for that to be one of the handful of PS2 on PS4 games. Um, yeah. Hey, I, I like King of Fighters, too, mostly because I like the interplay of the characters. Oh, there's always so much dialogue in those. They're nuts. Uh, but yeah, uh, I had a, I had a I had a friend in the Navy who was really big into the backs, the, like the story elements of fighters. So mm -hmm. he like knew the you know the interplay of the characters, what their stories were, how they interplayed with each other. I mean, he was really into the stories that you don't see into the games, and I was like, I was just blown. And that was where I started actually getting interested in fighting games. Should absolutely go and look up something as weird as like the King of Fighters Kyo, which is a King of Fighters uh, like adventure game slash like visual novel type construction. But uh, that's like not even the only like King of Fighters like dating sim uh, styled uh, game. Because there's also like seven Days of Memories games, but. Uh, since Wheels is rapidly fading, uh, we'll have to hit this last question real quick. You're fading. Yeah, uh, yeah you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> Since I've been playing or trying to play Outriders, I wanted to ask, what's wrong with Square Enix's year of game qualification process? First Avengers, now Outriders. Uh, How can they keep publishing one. these broken online games? Uh, I think that's not a Square Enix Europe thing so much as it is like... A, that's Half the companies that try to make like games as services don't understand how important the launch is. Yeah, that's I mean, an, that's Al an Outriders. Thing. Is, I think I think the issue between Avengers and Outriders are two separate issues. Yeah, I don't know anything about Outriders. I can only speak on what I've observed of Avengers. Yeah, I think Outriders is they were not expecting it to blow up to that level. Yeah, and that that can certainly hurt things as well because it's like you release something, it's like, well, this probably will get a fandom and we can be making money while we're fine-tuning it. 
And yeah. it's like, oh, we, we expect maybe like, you know, let's ballpark like 200, 300,000 people to, to buy it, you know, day one. No, it had a launch of eight, over 850,000 units sold. Okay, it's yeah, that's way less. More than I would have expected about something with a name like Outriders, a name that conjures essentially no immediate mental image. Does that uh, include people that got it on Game Pass? Because I don't know what that all includes, but okay. I, I sincerely doubt it. But it, like, it theoretically might. But that would also mean that Microsoft probably paid them a fair sum to do that. So yeah, it it. Uh, I mean, they had way more people playing Outriders than they expected. So. It's kind of like the WoW launch, where they expected only this many players. Like a hardcore fan had, I mean, they they had plans to push out servers and WoW, and, and I've saw, seen a documentary on this called uh, Looking for Group. And, uh, and they comment, like, oh, we plan to roll out these servers over the next, like, six months. No, they had to roll them out within five days. They rolled out all their servers in five days because of demand. And I think that's the problem Outriders had is they expected, you know, a long, a long term increase and not boom, there it is. Mm -hmm. Now, the yeah. issue with with Avengers, I don't think falls on Square Enix. Um, I think that falls into the fact that it's dealing with Marvel. It's dealing with Disney. It it basically is a full-on micromanaging issue between multiple different companies with their hands in the pockets. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a lot of masters to please with a game like Avengers, and I do think that, like, the decision to make it as a, a game-as-service was ill-advised, but I couldn't tell you who had made that directive as, like, this is what the game will be. Uh, but yeah, like, that, that game is just, like, and, out, was... and Outriders is not really a games as a service. It has, it, you know, it does it definitely has that co the co op ability. Uh, one of the guys I watched stream, uh, his name is Rosar, really fun guy, um, mm -hmm. really chill, late night streamer. Um, but you know, he has a couple of friends who play, but it can be played both single player and co op. Where so it's not mm -hmm. a full games as a service. Mm. But. I don't know much about Avengers. All I know is I'm going to be getting it with my PlayStation 5. <laughs> uh, by all accounts, it's a pretty good single-player game attached to a pretty poor games-as-a-service style grind-em-up. It's pretty much the general consensus. I can confirm the single-player stuff is really good. Yeah, but it's it's just it sounds like a game that was trying to please a lot of masters and ended up producing something that isn't really satisfying to anyone. Yeah. And 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 I've not seen anything on Avengers really, but as far as Outriders goes cuz as I said the streamer I watch and follow uh really cool guy. Um has been has been playing it with several of his community and I mean it it's fun. There it definitely has a lot of bugs. Um and you know again Square Enix is in in both of these cases I don't know how involved Square Enix was with making event with the actual making of Avengers, but hmm. I know. But it looks like Square Enix was more the um, producer, but they weren't the developer of Outriders. But you know, everyone blames the the you know whoever does the release and not those companies that are actually working on the games themselves. Yeah, that was. Um people who fly or people something like that somebody can fly 
is the developer. People can fly? Yeah. <laughs> they made Bulletstorm. Yeah, people can fly then. There, there's a couple other names that pop up on, on that starter screen too, but... Um, so, uh, Unreal, because it's made an Unreal Engine, of course. Yeah. But, um, you know, so... There's still, you know, Square Enix is basically the publisher. They're the ones who are pushing the game out to the masses, but how much they actually have with development of the game and why things are working and not working, I don't know. But people are ready to blame Square Enix for it because they're the big name on the ticket instead of, you know, Bob Joe's, you know, software shack. Yeah, yeah it's, one, it's one of those things. Like, Square likely had, like, directives about what kind of game it ought to be, but... In terms of like support and rollout, there's, you know, they're they're the money men in this equation. Mm -hmm. So you know, people are going to look to them, but as far as the the end product itself and maintenance and why there's bugs and whatnot, that really needs to go to the developer and not the producer. Yeah. Uh... And sometimes these things just happen, and it's not really a well, we screwed this up. It's well, something went wrong that we didn't anticipate. Yeah, just this is how things shook out. Yeah, or our yeah. servers and, didn't respond to load in a way that we expected. Uh, or and especially when you don't expect the amount of load to oh, be yeah, there. Oh yeah, for sure. If if you're planning servers to hold three hundred thousand people and you get eight hundred thousand people, yeah. You know, it's going to make a bad experience for all it's of going, them. Yeah, it's going to make a bad experience. The servers cannot handle that load, and they are going to crash. I mean, it's what you want to call a dedicated denial of service attack, except it's for real. Except yeah. that's not what someone did intentionally. It's just what happened. It's, it's what a DDoS is attempting to simulate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think, what we have for that. We should probably let this... Uh, Finish this off, let Gaijin do a bit of plugging, uh, because I think wheels will die otherwise. <laughs> oh, yeah. We love you, wheels. Yay. I'm not don't tired, you're tired. Uh, well, I am a little tired, but not as tired as you. Um, I, I, w I actually slept three hours before I woke up and joined you guys, so I'm actually oh, nice. good to go. Nice. Well, Gaijin, what's the plug? Oh, I mean, it's the same as every week. Um, oh I just was not expecting to be able to do it this week because of timing and stuff. If you yeah. hadn't done it, I'd have done it. So. Well, well, thank you very much for that. Yes. But yeah, so Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Um, pin name Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. Um, feedback and nice five-star ratings are always appreciated. Um, so... And it's available in either episodic ebooks or currently three going on four collected um, paperbacks. Here it goes. So. Yay. Okay. Anything else? Yep. Um, uh, I think that should be us. I'll, I'm just going to plug our uh, Twitch here because, um, you know, I know people are watching here right now, but uh, you can catch us live at twitch.tv rpgamer. We have uh, multiple staff members doing various content throughout the week. Uh, Pause is doing morning plays. 
J.C. Servant does afternoon or evening, early evenings, depending on where you live. For uh, right now, Monster Hunter Rise and Xenoblade Chronicles X, the last I heard. Uh, we've got Scar doing a random wheel where he has now beaten his first game of 21, as far as the 21 games on his wheel, uh, which was <laughs> East 3. And uh, he's... And then we also have Herfrog, who's right now uh, finishing up the Golden, uh, golden Sun, The Lost Age. Uh, he's pretty far into that one. So, and then, so we definitely would like uh, people to come out and uh, support. And we're there pretty much. Got Most any night, you'll be able to find something. Yeah, and if not, uh, we've got plenty of VODs. Uh, going to earlier comment, last night you can... I did a VOD of Final Fantasy XIV of me basically DPSing the floor most of the new raid. <laughs> oh man, that raid was nuts. Yeah, plenty of, plenty of good content on there. All the nice people doing a lot of good streams. So keep those eyes open. Um, otherwise, I don't think Wheels has anything to plug. Uh, well, you and I will probably be doing some more Persona 2 streaming at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, if you want to keep track of that, probably check Wheels' Twitter, I would imagine. Yeah, Twitter or Discord, it's, cause it's probably going to be kind of at random. Uh, yeah, definitely be doing Wheels, it. did you lower the difficulty and start this over? Yes, it's on hard now instead of uh, Mania. Mania, because I'm not that Why? crazy. Apparently we have found Wheels' limits. Uh... Which is Persona 2. <laughs> no, no, he'll be back to Persona 2. Uh, no, I meant Persona 3. Make sure. Oh, no, this is Persona 3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. P3P. Uh, we'll... Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, I think that we will have to say goodbye. See you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Have a good one.